Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier wrap up this arc of talking about the two natures of Christ as expressed in the small called articles, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. Yeah, welcome back, guys. And, uh, you know, as we look through all the episodes that we've done on Bible studies, uh, it's really surprising to me that we have not covered this passage yet. <laughs> it feels like a major whiff. <laughs> it does. But we're, we're uh, getting to it today. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. So more or less what? This is episode 87, 287. 287 so, yeah. so we've done... Rough math, 70 Bible studies, uh-huh. and never done Philippians 2, 5 through 11. That's <laughs> we're, pretty we're Have you talked about Jesus? We have. No, I mean, because there was an era I wasn't here. Yeah. You know, that, I yeah. mean, that was when actually, that was the time when we were talking about Joseph Smith before you came. Oh, okay. Because it makes sense. Because I, yeah, I was like, how do you skip this one and actually look to the nature of Christ? But yeah. that's, whatever. That's funny you say that because... Sometimes when I preach, I'm like, that was a horrible sermon. Then I sit down and I'm like, did I preach Christ? I, I think so. I, I preached the gospel. Christ crucified? Yeah. First Corinthians 2, too. It's like, well, there you go. Yep. Uh, so let me read the text here for us and we can launch into our discussion as we talk about the two natures of Christ and the small called articles. Uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and in and every tongue confess that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Closed circuit, AFLC people, fly 97. Rock. Have this attitude. <laughs> I never got to go to that one. I still have I, I the got shirt. The t-shirt that. though. Yeah, I had. Yeah. I had the shirt. I did not get to go to that because my dad would not let me miss high school baseball. I did not get to go to that. <laughs> I did not get to go to that because I was paralyzed and in the hospital. What? Yeah, true oh, story. Actually, wow. I had a Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's called. Yeah. And I'm better now. I can walk. I can move. I can do things like normal people. Not as well, maybe, as other normal people, but uh, stole my. But thunder. no, tr- true story. I had to steal it from me because I mean, I that, that definitely trumps high school baseball. <laughs> it does, it yeah. really does. Wow. So, but I did get the T-shirt for my friends who went, nice. and I thought wow, that would have been cool to go there. Huh. And now. Yeah, I've been to many of them. Now you've been a speaker. Yeah. Go to fly. Yes. Go to fly. Yeah. It's kind of fun to think about us not knowing each other and being there as kids. So here's the thing. In four years, Fly 97 will be 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost all of our younger uh, listeners, all, all two of them. Wow. Gideon, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we Gideon, lost Gideon. My son, Gideon, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, all right, so where do we want to start with this uh, wonderful passage of Scripture? Uh, maybe with the, that expression, did not account equality as a thing to be grasped. Yeah, this is yeah. probably the key point mm-hmm. to interpreting what this is about. And, and again, the, the oneness Pentecostals or the New Apostolic Reformation will run with this sort of thing and talk about Jesus completely emptying himself later and did not count equality with God to be grasped. This is a description of his humiliation according to the human nature, right? So this allows us to talk about the the genus apotelismaticum and the idiomaticum at the same time Mm -hmm. because the whole Christ was humbled uh, as a human, but he was humbled according to the human nature. Yes. Um, What does it mean, though, that he's not, um, that, that it wasn't something to be grasped? That that it sounds uh, to to somebody who's just reading this, it's going to sound like like Jesus wasn't God, didn't plan to be, didn't try to yeah. be. Jesus never claimed to be God. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. What hmm. what do you say to that? Like, what is the some of the linguistic characteristics or the linguistic situations in the text that maybe would help us to understand that a little bit better? It's I've always taught it this way, and I mean, there's there's some pretty specific gr- grammatical things we can point out, but Jesus not considering equality to, with God a thing to be grasped means he wasn't holding on to it, that part of his redemption of mankind was becoming fully human. And so forcing the issue by saying, well, I'm not going to not be God, kind of a prideful thing, it's... Uh, part of Jesus' humiliation stands as an example to us. And, and Paul's pulling that out a little bit. It doesn't stand only as an example to us. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, one might say that we are united with Christ in, in, in the teaching that we are gods or, or, or things like that. We look at the way Jesus handled his divinity and it wasn't a status symbol for him. It wasn't a title that he was, you know, like, uh, if I were to insist, everyone refer to me as the Reverend Doctor now, simply because I have those credentials. That would be not what Jesus is doing here. Right. One of the, I think the important things, too, is that I'm trying to, to get to the Greek here. Um, he did not Greek. consider or count... Uh, equality with God as a thing to be grasped. Like, so he didn't regard it as, as a thing that he was even needing to do. He didn't yeah. attempt to, to try to, to pretend like he had to, to make that a thing that, that he, that wasn't not that it doesn't say he wasn't equal. It says that he just, what, that wasn't his focus. When he, when he became man, his focus was to humble himself to die for man, right? That whole idea of the apotelismaticum, right? The work of Christ for us. And, and as, as such, as, as God dying, it's like, okay, so the author of life and death are kind of like, not exactly, I mean, they seem like kind of opposites on opposite day. And that's, <laughs> therefore, the goal, the, the, re- <laughs> the regard <laughs> for that wasn't his purpose. Not that he wasn't equal, but that that wasn't his intent. And, and another thing to, to think about with Jesus, as far as his divinity is concerned, is e- equality with God was not something to be grasped because he already had it. Right. right, as a member of the Trinity, right? It's not, uh, in, it's, it's, in this case, it's the virtual opposite of Jesus' temptation, you know, where Jesus goes in the wilderness and, and the devil says, I will give all these kingdoms to you if you bow down and worship me. Well, they're not yours to give. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have those. That, it's, it's, a, it's a deception. Jesus doesn't think equality to be God 
uh, doesn't need to be grasped. One, because he's already God. He's already in the form of God. And you know, verse six. And two, he knows the hierarchy of the Trinity, right? The the Father Son Spirit relationship. And I don't say hierarchy like they're not co-equal in majesty, mm-hmm. right? Not that sort of thing. But the Father begets the Son, and the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, right? And so the Father is not the Son, and the Son knows that, and the Son is just fine with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's going on here too. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, moving into verse seven, is, it says, you know, in building off of what we've just said here, uh, it says, but he emptied himself. Um, and so, yeah, what's, what's happening with this emptying here? Well, this teaches the canonic heresy, and we've been wrong yeah. all along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Do you well, want to take that, Jason? Pack yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, clearly the most heretical of all of us. So the, the canonic heresy we talked about a little bit last week is that Jesus did not have yeah. access yeah. to his divinity. So, like, I mean, I, I try not to be charitable to heretics, and, but it's kind of the thing like uh, Jesus left his godhood back in heaven. And hmm. so, so now he gets to he gets to earth. He's just Jesus, the dude, <laughs> and, and the dude abides, as it says in uh, what? Uh, that's John fifteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you abide it, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> I just see him walking around in those shoes now. The the hey dude shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like walking around. Hey guys, what's up? You know, and not God. Well, and, and so you really want to have fun with this since we're doing theology by memes. <laughs> okay, the the canonicists will talk about Jesus as human in the same way as the Steve Buscemi meme, where he puts the hat oh, on backwards and he's up, like, my fellow... hello, fellow youths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sort of... No, Jesus was truly man. Yeah. Okay, And to say that he emptied himself is that he didn't bring the majesty of the Godhead with him, or we would have all melted like the people in Indiana Jones and the, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? You, you, yeah. you, you confront... That's not necessarily biblically accurate, Adam, but we're, you know, if you're in the presence of God, you know it. <laughs> yeah. right? like Isaiah gets ushered into the presence of God and he freaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus doesn't do that with his godhood. He chooses not to make use of it. Yeah, God's dwelling in the Old Testament when it about to fell, you know, about fell off a cart. And the guys tried to steady it. They and died. He died. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And. There, and Thomas says, it, it, that would have been a funny joke, kind of, wouldn't it have? If Thomas is like trying to, you know, say, no, I don't believe he's really God. I, no, not unless I could touch his hands, put my fingers in the holes, and put my hands inside. <laughs> come on over here, John. Or come on over here, Thomas. Do that. Do that. Put it in here. Do it. You're dead. You know? And then <laughs> just falls over and everybody's like silent. He's like, guys, I'm just kidding. And he like resurrects him. <laughs> kind of done that whole thing just recently and he knew how to do it. And so it's like... <laughs> No, but that's, that's the whole point. And, and we, we want to make a distinction here. Jesus, not necessarily making use of yeah. his divine nature uh, yeah. does not mean he didn't have access to it. Right. Have you guys ever heard people try to describe that as Jesus voluntarily the voluntary non-use of the divine attributes? Yeah, I don't have a or... problem with that. We don't want to get too technical. Again, sure. the, the, the big thing we talked about last week, I think it's good to talk about this week again, is is like when Jesus is on the cross, that does he know why God forsake him or does he literally not know why God forsake him? And I, I really have, I'm uncomfortable separating the two natures of Christ in that matter. And it's much easier to say, well, he's quoting Psalm 22. You have to remember in that moment, 
he's actively dying. Yeah. The author of life is actively dying as well. So if you're saying that he didn't know one way or the other, I mean, yes, he could have, he, I mean, he could have called 10,000 angels like the song, sing it for me. <laughs> you know, he, he could have called down legions of angels. He, he didn't, the, the thing, and, and we, there's a lot of hokey songs that go along with this, but, but <laughs> the, the whole, you know, what held him to the cross was love. It wasn't, you know, and it wasn't the nails, it was the nails. love. Yeah, uh, but, but the whole idea is true, <laughs> yeah. right? That he humbled himself to the point of death because he knew that's what needed to happen to rescue men. And so he became man, did that. And at the same time that he was crying out, Father, Father, why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Not Father, Father, but my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, I, I think that there was a very real human emotion of forsakenness and hurt and pain that he was um, experiencing in that moment, not to say that he didn't understand in his divine sense what was happening and why it was going on, but that whatever, you talked about the hierarchy, not in terms of not being co-equal in majesty, but the hierarchy of the father, uh, his wrath is being poured out against sin and his son who became sin was on that. That's that's mind blowing. But at the same time, it's like okay, so he, yeah, absolutely. My God, my God, in his human human nature, absolutely, he felt that, and he allowed that process to continue to the point of death, so that we can be rescued. Yeah, and if you think about it, just you spend some time thinking about. It, and I can say, as someone who's recently pulled off a hangnail. <laughs> I can probably imagine what it's like to suffer under the sins of the entire world <laughs> and that kind of anger. <laughs> but Jesus is suffering not only from the most torturous, excruciating de death humanity has invented, but he's doing so knowing he's bearing the weight of all sins of all humans, past, present, and future. You know, it's probably right for him not to go on a theological treatise of like, guys, no, I really understand this, but I need to say this right now kind of a thing, right? It's the same sort of emotion that Christ experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Father, if possible, let this cup be taken from me, not yet, yet not as I will, but you will. He's not trying to get out of it. He's expressing the anguish of he's suffering. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. He mm -hmm. had that load. He had that crushing burden of suffering on him. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that's a really good divine human nature distinction and tension right there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Let, let's talk about the next expression there, uh, taking the form of a servant or born in the likeness of men, verse seven. Yeah, I agree. Amen. He did. <laughs> True or false? True. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look at the manuscript evidence, this was obviously written 200 years after Paul by a, by a redactor in the something. And then you get to the Babylonian B article where a, uh, a higher text critic cannot tell whether or not he wrote his own paper. <laughs> uh, he takes the form of a servant yeah. and the likeness of human flesh. The likeness of human flesh is he, he took on human flesh. It wasn't similar to human flesh. He had to become exactly like us. Yeah. So he didn't, yeah, I like to, the, the distinction there of taking the form of a servant. It, there, there's a uniqueness there because Jesus historically, right? The uh, Christophanies of the Old Testament, right? The, the, second person of the Trinity, uh, engaging humanity in a visible way. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can talk about the, the very angel of the Lord, that sort of thing. Um, but 
the the nature he could take on the form of a man just as easily as he could take on the form of an angel of the lord you know or, or whatever he, and he he could do that and he proved that but he did more than that it says being born in the likeness of men yeah. so it wasn't just a, a, a one who you know just i'm going to come and look like you guys for a while kind of i got a really good costume i got a really good human costume <laughs> hanging up I here got, and i got i got, a, I got show it off. spirit hollywood right before it closed for <laughs> oh. the season <laughs> real cheap yeah looks like a dude yeah no <laughs> got these cool shoes too but anyway the, uh, the the nature of being born in the likeness of men is functionally saying that, that no he's not just like men he actually was man right yeah. and, and i think there's a, a key distinction there right well and i i would be i, I haven't studied this but it, this popped in my head when you're talking about that when jesus takes the form of a man in the old testament for the theophanies slash christophanies he doesn't do it as a servant you know, he, he does it as a pretty intimidating, Yep. you know, you think Abraham throws a feast for him and his two buddies when they, when they show up be, to announce the birth of Isaac, uh, the best line in all of scripture, are you for us or against us? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, and the angel of the Lord uh, for Samson's father, Manoah, and his mother yeah. is like, Manoah's like, he's going to kill us. And Samson's mom's like, if he's going to kill us, he's going to do it already. <laughs> she was such a wise woman. Woman, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, you, you talk about how wise our wives are. Just that level-headedness <laughs> is like, Manoah, chill. Like, we'd yeah, be dead. Right. <laughs> but when Jesus comes, and, and again, consistency with God's word, because you've got some Isaiah 53 uh, hmm. language going on here. Yeah. He did not take a form that, you know, we would have recognized him or been drawn to him. He was just your average guy, a little bit on the weak side. Uh, and that led to once he started suffering, everyone despised him. I mean, that's laid out in the three verses before Isaiah 53 and continues through those 12 verses of that chapter. Yeah. It ties, yeah, and it, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but all of this is fascinating. It's like the whole idea of, of Luke chapter, you know, one and two specifically, actually. Luke two, where it's like, uh, this guy didn't just show up out of nowhere. Uh, we know about his childhood. And Luke was very distinct and very intentional in making sure that we knew the story of Jesus. I want you to know the facts that have been reported about the Son of God. And I put down it, all these things in an orderly account so that you can know that he's the Son of God. He, he was a little kid. And, you know, he was small and had to go to Egypt. Um, you know, uh, that, you know that, he had all of these things. And there was this time when he was 12 when he <laughs> left his mom and dad. And all these things. This wasn't some, you know, mysterious kind of mystery man wearing a really, you know, suave suit and, you know, just kind of sneaking into rooms and surprising people. It was like, no, this is, this is Joseph's son, the carpenter's son, isn't it? And this is the guy that, you know, we knew as a kid, he's from our hometown. Like what, what should we do? And yet, and I think all of that was intentional to become like us in every way. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's it's very interesting. And and I wish I could talk about this, but there's some parallels and some anti-parallels in the new rings of power series on Amazon. (laughs) About the time before yeah, the, the, the yeah. battle for the ring, the one ring and stuff. It's yeah. that you, you, there's this trope where a character shows up fully formed hmm. uh, out of nowhere. Uh, but that doesn't happen with Jesus. He, he goes through the humility of the incarnation mm-hmm. from being conceived in the womb. Right. And, you know, so we, it's, it's extra biblical speculation. And we don't develop theology out of this. But we can marvel at what we've been told about that. In, in, you know, mm-hmm. Mary probably had the hiccups when she was pregnant with Jesus. It was probably awful. I mean, I think about, you know, uh, my wife, like, looking down at when the, all of our kids were in the womb and the kid has the hiccups. And she's like, just settle down, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And you know, all of that, Jesus got tired. Hmm. 
you know, Jesus got hungry, those sorts of things. That's what we're talking about in the likeness of men. Yep. In that whole experience. Yep. Yeah. So in the the likeness of men, as, as you mentioned there, he goes to be obedient to the point of death. And uh, yeah, we can tie in the genus Apatellus maticum. Boom! Did I say it? All right. Yeah. yeah. Got to redeem myself in this uh, scope of episodes. My son, Luther, he's two. He likes to watch the show Bluey. And Bluey, when, oh when good things happen, say, hooray! And every yeah. time something positive happens in Luther's life now, it's hooray! And that's what I thought when I heard you say it correctly. Was, nice. Hooray! Yeah, it's thank about you. once every 10 episodes or so. I just really wish we had a soundboard. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. just about six or seven go-to sounds. Like, oh, these guys didn't say something idiotic for once. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. just you, all of us, Brett. I'm yeah. not just picking on you. We that's will right. pick on you from time to time but you're welcome to do that yeah <laughs> so yeah the apotelismaticum mm-hmm. refers to his work and he, he came to be obedient to the point of death even death on the cross there is a um, uh in the old lutheran liturgy uh the old common service that many lutheran churches and many of our listeners probably use uh weekly there is a line where there's the alleluia uh, and as this, I don't know if this will air during Lent. I can't, I don't do the dates real well. I think we'll but, be out of Lent. I think we'll be out of Lent when it airs, but we are currently in Lent and they can't say, uh, they don't sing the Alleluia. Yeah, I'm going to smack you upside the head because you keep saying Because I it. said it. And well, by the time the listeners here, it won't matter, yeah. right? But the the sentence was is, is exactly from this text. He has humbled himself and become obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And every every week we get brought back into that reality of the work of Christ. The whole reason for his servanthood was to come down, do what we couldn't, and die for the sins we needed to die for so that we could have life. Uh, just the, the work of Jesus. And it ties in with that whole stripes from last week when it talks about uh, from from Second Samuel, when the, the the stripe language is there, the idea of of the death of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus. The irony is that this fully God became fully man, uh, and and here is God Himself in, in these moments. The irony I think is thick, and I think that's what makes it interesting to us, and we can't lose sight of that. We're always looking to the work of Christ. What did He do when He came to be like us? What did He come to do? And one was to be obedient to the point of death, even the death. On the cross, and where that matters to clarify right now is that there it, there has been trends in Christianity, especially recently, where like the cross is preached as God's plan B. Hmm. Like we we had to, we screwed it up, and so God had to do this. But God God teaches us in Scripture that He had planned for Christ from time immemorial. This was always plan A for him. But what we really want to admit is that Genesis 2, 16 and 17, the promise of death cuts straight through Genesis 3, 15, right? So when God says, you will surely die, he's ultimately saying that to Christ. And he says it to Christ because your uh, the, the seed of the serpent yeah, will yeah. bite, you know, the, the and he will crush your head, that sort of thing. My, my brain is failing me right now. But this idea that Jesus was obedient uh, even to death on the cross is that God knew that the death of his son was the price of redemption all along. And that's why we talk in terms of obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. I, I think that just to add, and then 
you see that that picture, and it leads into that every knee shall bow mm-hmm. and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. It's the celebration of that. It's the re- not just it, it won't be the celebration for some, but it's the celebration for those who've trusted Him, right? That that we can bow and and, and proclaim Him as Lord. But every knee. Even, even the ones who've rejected him will finally see, and that's the whole genus idiomaticum, right? The yep. whole idea that the divine nature, the human nature comes up that it's like, oh, that, 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 the dude that died, right? He wasn't just a dude, right? He was, he was God, and every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, and that glory is, like you said, it's the people who have rejected it it's still to the glory of God the Father. It is. They're all rejecting truth, and it's them accepting the terms of their, or receiving the terms of their sentencing mm-hmm. to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yep. Amen. Amen. Great, play, great place to uh, stop here. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, all glory be to Jesus Christ. Yeah, we got one more arc of episodes in part one of the Small Called Articles, which is the basic foundational ones. We've got another quick run through with some shorter articles in part two. And then part three, again, coming up uh, in a few months is where the real meat and potatoes of the Small Called Articles. We're going to get into some really fun things in that. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and Pastor Adam continue their discussion on the Small Call articles. God bless you and have a great week.